Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. We got the power. <laughs> we got the power, and that's important, right? Awesome. Come on. Thank you, Lord. So tomorrow night is New Year's Eve. And you noticed uh, Heather had announced that we're going to be gathering together. So it's advertised as 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So do you think it could last 12 hours? So anyway, I know it's starting at 7. We're combining with our Tehillah Young Adult Citywide and uh, The Burn. And so, yeah, I know there's lots of us that have that heart just to to pray. And uh, so those of you who it... it, uh, you'd like to join us for prayer, you can come for some of it, you can come for all of it. There's no judgment if you go home. <laughs> if you don't make it to breakfast, no judgment. All right? But uh, that's an opportunity for you tomorrow night. Well, as we approach the new year, this week, this week right now between Christmas and New Year's, uh, some people call this the lost week of the year. And have you kind of felt a little bit lost over the last couple of days? Did anybody think yesterday was Friday? All day yesterday, I kept thinking it was Friday. And somebody reminded me of my family. They said, well, it's not Friday, it's Saturday. And so it's a good thing I realized that, or I would have been showing up tomorrow morning to deliver this word. None of you would have been here. The last week of the year, it's a great time for us to reflect and think back on the year behind us and as we move into the new year the things that God has for us and uh, our family we we went ice skating over the Christmas break and we've done this now ever since we moved to Calgary we went down to Olympic Square and had an opportunity to skate outdoors have you ever done that how many people have skated right downtown with all the isn't it beautiful down there Uh, the sky rises and the skyscrapers and you, you know, you feel like you're in New York or something. You know, you feel like you're, you're downtown, the big city. So as we were skating, I was reflecting and I was thinking about the last number of years. And I was also just reminiscing and thinking about how good God has been to us. I couldn't believe it was been a, a year, 12 months on the calendar had, had come and gone since we were down there last Christmas. And thinking about how good God has been to us as a church, how good the Lord has been to us. Uh, as a family, and I know that many of you, as we look back, we can thank God for his goodness. We've also likely gone through some hard things over this last season. We've likely had some challenges that God's grace has enabled us to, to move through and move past. And some of us are even right now in very challenging times. But as we look back on the year behind us, and as we look forward into what's ahead. I believe that these moments, this Sunday, uh, these days, the next number of hours as we move into the new year are important. And I believe that God wants to ignite something. He wants to do something fresh in us. And some people, you know, we, at times we can kind of get like this. We're like, well, what's the big deal of the clock ticking and then now it's into a new year? It feels the same as last year. And we can, if we're not careful, become kind of skeptical and a little bit jaded when we think about moments, but the psalmist uh, says, Lord, teach us to number our days that we would grow in a heart of wisdom. There's something about numbering our days and understanding moments, and God works in seasons. God works in moments. 
that moment when you first came to Jesus and you gave your life to Christ and you were saved and born again. You were different the moment after that happened. When you were baptized in water and you went down under the water and you came up identifying with the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, you became brand new in that moment. Your life was changed when you encountered the presence of God at that camp or that retreat or in that gathering when the Holy Spirit came and filled your life and he empowered you and you were baptized in the Holy Spirit and with fire, you were changed in that moment. So may we not discount moments. May we not get cynical. May we not just say, well, it's just another year. But may we enter into, count these moments, count these days, and say, God, you have something for me. You have something for our church. You have something for the year ahead. And God, we are going to enter into it wholeheartedly with eyes wide open, hearts wide open, ears wide open to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying and to step into it boldly by faith, knowing that he's a good father he has good things in his heart so let's let's enter into this next year wholeheartedly and so this morning I want to lay a foundation we're starting a brand new series next Sunday called roar and I want to lay a foundation of of this series today because the the Lord has been speaking to me and he's been speaking to us as leadership over the season you know sometimes uh, like tonight or tomorrow, I, I'm kind of seeking God, Lord, what do you, what do you, but God put this in my heart weeks, maybe even months ago about what he wants to do over this next year. And I believe that God is rising up as the lion of Judah and he is about to roar over your life. He's about to roar over this city. He's about to roar and salvation is coming to this house And salvation is being renewed in our lives. David said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And God is restoring salvation. He's restoring the joy. And so if you're writing a title down today, you can write it down as salvation is here. Uh, If you have your Bible, Hosea chapter 11 is where we're going to go this morning. And before, as, as we go there, I want to read also 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Everybody say now. now. Today is the day of salvation. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's now. God is moving now in your life. He's moving now in our church. He's moving now. He is already on the move. And we are stepping into, as we partner with the Holy Spirit, into his purposes for our city and for our church. 2019 I want to declare is the year of the roar, the year of God's roar over his people, over our nation and over our city. And I believe that God is rising up within the people of God, a prophetic roar like we've never experienced before. I believe that God is going to roar through the music ministry of first assembly in a way that he hasn't done yet in the past. I believe in the worship and the arts. And are you sensing it? Are you sensing it rise in worship? 
I believe that God has been in a process of purification and he's been in a process of forming and God is about to, to roar through a new sound and a new song through this house, through the worship. And not just the worship ministry in albums and songwriting, but in you. As a worshiper, God wants to rise up within you a voice. You have a voice and your voice matters and your voice is necessary for this city. You need to rise up in that prophetic utterance and whether it would be in prayer or in intercession or in in arts or worship or in your family or in your relationships. It's not time any longer to be quiet or silent. It's time for us to get a revelation again of God's heart, his love, his power, his goodness. And we just begin to declare and the voice rises up in the people of God like never before. And it will set the salvation, it will set the, the prisoner free and salvation then will come. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God is about to roar over his kids and call them home. And I'm going to show you this in a minute today. Hosea chapter 11 is where we're going to just kind of go through. And I want us as we go through it this morning to reflect on, on our relationship with God. And I want us to anticipate uh, his heart as we consider his heart for his people and for you and me as individuals. Hosea, his name means salvation. And he was an Old Testament prophet um, who was, you know, living in in the northern part of, of, of Israel. And he was a prophetic voice that God raised up at that time, around 700 and some years before Jesus came and, and fully demonstrated and fully lived out uh, the, the expression of God's ultimate love for his people by dying on the cross. But in that time, before, 700 years before, God raised up this man, this prophet Hosea, to, to literally not just proclaim through his words, but to live out through his life prophetically a demonstration of God's unrelenting love for his people even though they were wayward, even though they were sinful and broken and rebellious. God spoke to Hosea and he he said to him, I want you to go and marry a prostitute. I mean, sometimes God calls us to do some hard things, but that would be a hard thing to do. Here's a man of esteem, a leader in his nation. What will people think? What, What will people think I've lost my mind? Why would I, why would I do that? And so there's an unusual thing, obviously, that God called him to do, but prophetically to live this out, to show God's love. And so he finds this lady, and she's a prostitute. She's an adulterous woman. Her name is Gomer. And he marries Gomer. And after some time, they they settle in. They have some children. But then she goes back to her old lifestyle. And then the Lord speaks to Hosea again. He says, now go find her and go find her and then buy her back and, and, and and bring her back to yourself again, which shows again that even in our rebelliousness, it's a picture of, of, of how God loves us. 
Hosea is a picture of God and Gomar is a picture of, of you and me, of God's people, of uh, how we can rebel and how we can, we can, we can stray. But he says, go back and, and, and marry her again, bring her back, buy her back, purchase her back. And so he purchased her back for 15 pieces of silver and some barley. And he, he brings her back into his home. And again, demonstrating how much God loves us, even when we we're sinners. Christ died for us, even in our rebellion, even in our wandering. How many are thankful that even when, when we are wandering away from God, that he still loves us? And it's a picture of God's heart. It's a picture of God's passion. And it, at this time, Israel was in a, in a place of Rebellion. If you looked on the outside, Israel seemed pretty, pretty good. There was relative prosperity. There was relative uh, just unity and peace within the nation. Everything on the outside looked okay. But inside, it was collapsing. It was a disaster waiting to happen. The family unit had completely broken down. There was corruption in politics and leadership. And there was... Uh, financial problems and poverty that existed. There was all kinds of hatred and discord and uh, just prejudice against one another. Different ethnicities and nationalities trying to get along. And in so many ways, it seems so much like the culture and the world that we live in today. And God raises up this, this voice And he raises up this man who prophetically begins to roar through his life. Not just his word. Not just his prophetic utterances, but his very life is an example of how much God loves his people. Even when they are rebellious and broken. So God calls this man and Right here in chapter 11, this is pretty incredible. And um, I'm going to have the, the keyboards join me here because we're just going gonna, gonna to flow into this scripture and then we're going to move into a prayer time. But in 11, it's really interesting what happens here. The first part of Hosea is all about this metaphor, this picture of, of God being, you know, like Hosea, just it's God's heart for his people. It's like God's heart for this adulterous nation and he's the husband. God's the husband and he he loves this adulterous people and then he buys her back. And it's like in 11 all of a sudden it, it it shifts and no longer is it the metaphor of the husband and the and the wayward uh, wife. But now it's a picture of I'm your dad. I'm your dad. It's almost like God's, it's like he's getting, I don't know, but it's, it seems like he's getting frustrated. He's like, okay, well, Hosea, just live this out. And, and you're a picture of my heart for this, this wayward people. And, 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 and I love this wayward people, even though they are rebellious and adulterous. And, and then he gets right here in 11. This is incredible. All of a sudden you see this, this dad, this father. This father rises up. 
And this is what he says. He says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. And so God was saying, Israel, I, I love you. And you and I can see ourselves as, as Israel today. There's a, there's a physical Israel and God is calling his people back even to that nation of Israel today. But we also are Israel as God's chosen, saved, redeemed people. Isn't that encouraging? That we are grafted in, that we're part of his family. So he says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called him as my son. So God is saying, even when you were in slavery in Egypt, even when you were captive, I loved you and I called you. And yes, it was Moses who delivered God's people out of Egypt, but it was, it was God who did that. And we also see this reference in Matthew chapter 2, coming out of the Christmas season. We, we, we see this re- reference in Matthew 2 as when, when Jesus, when Joseph was warned in a dream that, that Herod was, was coming in his jealousy to, to kill all the babies two years old and under, all the, all the, the male babies because of his jealousy and he was threatened that Joseph and Mary then went to Egypt for a season and then Jesus was there and then they came back from Egypt then settled in Nazareth and so we we see that prophetically tied into the Christmas story and so again it's a picture and you have to understand this this is there's no way that during this time that Hosea would understand that but that Jesus ultimately was the sacrifice was the one who demonstrated, who lived out that beautiful demonstration of God's love. And then it says in verse 2, that the more they were called, the more they went away. And they kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. And this is so true about us. This is our sin nature. We keep going back to old habits. Maybe there are some old habits even this past year, some things that you think over this last year, I just, God, I've gone back to my old ways I just want to encourage you this morning that even though it's part of our human nature, God sees, he understands, he's gracious, he's forgiving, he's loving, and you can start fresh and new. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. Ephraim's another name for Israel. I, I took them up by the arms, but they did not know that I had healed them, and I led them with cords of kindness and bands of love. This is a picture of God helping his children uh, to, to walk. And I remember... You know, in our family, our kids, when they were little, just when they were just moving from crawling, you know, to standing up, I would take them by the arms and just help them to take their first steps. And pretty soon they're doing it on their own. But it says it's a picture of a father just saying, I'm helping and I'm healing. But it says that they didn't kind of recognize that it was God. They just thought it was them. They thought it was, they were doing it all by themselves. And even over this last year, are there some things that maybe God has helped you with that you think, well, I just kind of pulled it together. I pulled up my bootstraps. I made it happen. Perhaps it was the Lord who was helping you and you need to even pause before we go into this new year to say, thank you, God, that you helped me through that season. You helped me through that hardship. You were the one that gave me the ideas, the wisdom, the, the relationships that were necessary to walk that season out. And God always leads us in kindness and love. This is what it shows us, his heart. There's times that God is helping us and it's in his kindness And then it says, and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaw. And I bent down to them and fed them. This is a picture again of just the heart of God, just 
loosening the yoke, the burden. It's a picture of a of an animal coming in from the field and after a day of labor and work that the, the, the owner just unshackling, loosening the, the, the pain of that, that burden, that yoke that was on that animal. It was, it's, a, it's a picture of God freeing his people and feeding his people, loving his people. God's heart is freedom for you. God's heart is freedom that you would move into a new year, not shackled in the, in the bondages and the yokes of last year. But his heart is that we would move into the future free people, not under the yoke of slavery and sin. And so this morning, I believe God's going to set us free and move us into a new season of freedom and healing. And then down to verse seven, my people are bent on turning away from me. My people are bent on turning away. Another translation says bent on backsliding. It's, it's what we do, our human nature. We, we sometimes fall away from God and, and backslide. And maybe there are some this morning and that's been your story this last year. It's, you've been kind of drifting away from God. God this morning is saying, come home. As we move into the future, come home. Today's the day of salvation. And then they, it says here then, then they call out to the most high and he shall not raise them up at all. And what this is, is that they're calling out, but they're still, they're still locked into their old patterns, their idolatry. And it doesn't help when we're locked into the old things. And so it's about God freeing. And then here's God's heart. Look at this. Verse eight, how can I give you up? O Ephraim. In other words, how can I give you up my children? How can I hand you over? O Israel. How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zebolam? And this is a picture then of the cities that were around Sodom and Gomorrah that had been destroyed by God's wrath. He says, though my heart recoils within me. This is God's heart. This is so beautiful. My heart just recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender towards you. This is a picture of God's grace that we don't get. We don't get what we, what we deserve. He just graciously gives us his love. Then it says, I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not a man. And this is a picture of God's mercy. How many are thankful for his mercy that we don't get what we do deserve? For I am God, not a man, the Holy One in your midst. And I will not come in wrath. This shows us the seriousness of our sin. Here's here's the thing. God is full of grace and love and mercy. But in order for us to really get a revelation of that, we have to recognize the seriousness of our sin and our need for God. I think sometimes we just kind of glaze over it and say, well, you know, God's, he's so gracious. That's great. He is. But this, there's a seriousness of our, our sin that, that, that needs the remedy. And the only remedy being Jesus Christ who laid down his life willingly for you and me. And when we get a revelation of his love and his forgiveness and his grace, what happens is we begin to we begin to feel his heartbeat. And here, here's what I want to look at right now here, as we look to the year ahead prophetically. Look at this. This is it, verse 10. 
they shall go after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. And when he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria. So Egypt represents the world. Assyria means reasoning. In other words, people that are locked in the things of the world are locked in reasoning that is outside of, of truth. They're locked in mindsets that God, his roar will set them free from the world, from the, the power of the world, from the power of ungodly reasoning in their mindsets. And then it says, and I will return them to their homes, declares the Lord. They shall go after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. And when he roars, his children will come trembling. This is the prophetic picture of as we move into a new year, into a new season, that God is rising up like the Lion of Judah and he will roar. And what I love about the the lion's roar, and this roar is not a roar of attack. This roar in context is a roar of calling. It's like a lion calling the cubs in, calling the herd in, calling them close And when the lion roars, the vibration of that roar, even if your ears, if you were in a room with a lion and he roared, even if your ears could not hear anything, you would feel the vibration. And I believe that God's voice is going to rise up in his people. God's voice is going to rise up in the church. God's voice is going to rise up in you. The the roar of God is going to come through your life in such a dynamic way. That as you proclaim salvation, salvation is here. That people are going to feel. Uh, It's like God saying, it's time for the dad to come on the scene. I'm going to tell you how much I love you and I'm going to call you. And there's nothing you can do about it but feel my power and my presence. There's nothing you can do about it. But when the lion roars, how many know everybody feels it? When the lion roars, there's no mistake. Well, was that God? Was that something else? Was that? No, that was God. And he's going to get the attention of people who are far away from God. There are people here this morning, you have family members, loved ones, relatives. And God hears your prayers. And I believe that this next year is going to be a year where God is going to roar. And people are going to come running to the Lord. It's going to be a season of harvest. It's going to be a season of salvation. Salvation is here. Today is the day of salvation. And the lion is about to roar. The lion is about to roar. And I want us this morning, as we just conclude our time together, I'm going to call us to prayer. And I wonder if you would stand with me this morning, all over this room, and I'm going to call us to a place of prayer today. As we reminisce, as we remember, as we think about our own relationship with God, that like Hosea, he he showed and demonstrated his love that while we were adulterous and rebellious, he, he loved us. And that even when we went away again, he bought us back. And ultimately through Jesus, that was demonstrated. Here's the thing this morning. This is what I believe will call or will cause the roar to rise up in God's people. Is when we get a fresh revelation of two things. First, how much we need him. How much our sin 
how much that matters to God, that our sin is forgiven and that we're cleansed and that we're walking in a right relationship with him. How much our sin cost him. It, it changes us when we, when we kind of brush away, well, it's our sin and God's good and he's, he's loving and he's, Sometimes we kind of get a picture of God. It's like in the, under the new covenant where it's like, well, Jesus made everything right. God's not even worried about sin anymore. Well, God's not worried about sin. He's not impacted by our sin. But Jesus came to pay the penalty. There still needs to be a penalty paid for our sin. And so I think what happens is we can get apathetic and we can get lazy when we just think about, well, you know, it's kind of another year. Just cruise along ride the grace train. It's all good. And we do, we need to, we need to fully understand and embrace grace, but to really understand grace recognizes first that he paid the price by laying down his life for you and for me. And so I want to pray that God would give us a fresh revelation of our need for him. And then pray today that God would give us a fresh revelation of his deep an unrelenting love for us that even while we have made mistakes and we have failed that like he loved Israel like he tenderly turned in chapter 11 of Hosea he went from I'm not just your husband I'm your dad I'm your dad and I'm like I'm the lion and I love you so much I'm tired of trying to woo you like a husband I'm going to start calling you like a father and you're going to hear it and you're going to come running because you're going to hear my heart. You're going to sense my passion. You're going to come to me. And not only you, people that are far off and lost and away from God, they're going to come running to God's presence. And so this morning, this is kind of a prophetic, I'm just kind of releasing some things prophetically, what I'm feeling as we enter into this new year. And so as I'm releasing these things today, let's respond in prayer in these two ways. Let's first of all say, God, forgive me and cleanse me. And there may be some people here today and, and, and today's your day that you, you're you in a moment right now and you're outside of God's forgiveness and his healing because you haven't received it. You've just, you've been kind of ears closed, eyes closed, kind of going your own way, but you're, you're sensing his love for you today. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he, he died on the cross for you and he loves you, you can receive grace and forgiveness today in your life. And so I pray that you would call out to God even this morning. But then those of us who have been journeying with God for a while, that we would, like David, say, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. God, let's just take a few moments this morning and say, God, thank you. Forgive me, Lord God, of my sins of omission and commission. And thank you for cleansing me. Just think about your, your need for him this morning. Think about how much he has done for you today. That we would not think of ourselves in any prideful way. But we would, with great humility and need for him. Say, thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. We thank you, God, for that today. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Father. Then even this morning that God would now just ignite just a fresh fire in your life 
We sang it earlier. Oh Lord, please light the fire. Oh Lord, please light the fire. And we need to sing that again this morning, but let's make that our prayer. Oh Lord, you are beautiful. And Lord, light that fire in me fresh today, Lord, as the fire of your love. God loves you so much. And one thing that Hosea shows us is that his relationship with us, that God's relationship with you is very, very important to him. It's very personal. It's very costly what he did. And he showed us in this Old Testament picture, fulfilled it in the New Testament through Jesus. But he shows us how much he dearly loves each one of us. And so today we're going to pray that God would reignite a fire. And that as he does, that love will drive us into the next year. That the roar of God would rise in his people, rise in his church, rise in our families, rise in our life. That there would be a fresh boldness. What we need today is a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. We need, we need the power of God. We need the fire of God in our lives and in our church. Not just coming to attend church services, friends, but being transformed in his presence daily. Being transformed by his power, by his fire. So that's what we're going to do this morning. And so as we sing this morning, I want to encourage you. I would encourage you to bring just your, your, your worship and your surrender to the, to the altar today. If you'd like, you can stay in your seat and kneel or whatever, but I believe there's something powerful about stepping out and, and coming and standing at the front today saying, God, I, I worship you. And as I do that today, I'm saying, God, would you ignite a fresh fire in me for this new year that you would ignite in me a fresh revelation of your love, a fresh revelation of your grace, a fresh revelation of your forgiveness. God, that I would move into 2019 in the year of the roar. God, that you would begin to rise up in me with a fire. God, that you would give me boldness. You would give me, Lord, prophetic insight. You would give me, Lord, a release. I believe God wants to release prophetically over your life and over your voice and over your lips. He wants to call you to prayer. He wants to call you to intercession. He wants to call you in a new season of fire as you serve him. And so that's what we're going to pray for this morning. So I would invite you as we sing, if you would like to come and to stand and to offer your life these last minutes and hours as we move into another year. We would say, God, as this year concludes, I'm saying, I, I want to roar this year. God, roar in me. Roar in me, Holy Spirit. Fill me. God, renew me. Empower me today with a fresh fire. Come on, let's respond as Michael and the team leads us this morning. Oh Lord, you're beautiful. Let's make this our prayer today. Let's make this our prayer. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.